This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Because if you can tell me what your habits are, I can tell you what sort of a person you are. I can tell you what your future looks like. But like I always say, life is 10% what happens to you. It's 90% what you do about it. The people who are most effective in the workplace believe that their future is going to be bigger than their past. When people don't believe that their future is going to be bigger than their past, they begin to disengage. You're listening to The Circuit of Success, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve success in every facet of life. Only on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Now, your host, Brett Gilliland. Welcome to the Circuit of Success. I'm your host, Brett Gilliland, and today I've got Rebecca Kennedy on the show. What's up, Rebecca? Hi, guys. What's up? How are you? I am excellent. I'm so excited to be here with you guys today. Uh, We're excited to have you. So you are the Peloton Master Instructor. You are a former uh, NFL cheerleader, a USA Gymnastics uh, uh, athlete. You are a dancer, a celebrity trainer. My goodness, you got a lot of stuff cooking. (laughs) Yeah, I dabble in a few things here and there. Definitely has been uh, a full fun experience in in the fitness industry over, over the last decade so far. Absolutely. Well, you get the benefit of getting to work out for a living. So that's pretty nice. And some of us have to, uh, you know, get up early in the morning or we got to do it at night. Or if you're like me, I showed you earlier on the, on the video, my, my Peloton sets in the corner of my office. We got to get our work in, but tell us for those of the people that maybe don't have a Peloton out there, uh, people that are around me all the time, they're like, Oh, here he goes again. He's going to talk about the Peloton, but it is a game changer. Tell us why (laughs) in your experience, why you think it is a game changer. Yeah, I mean, gosh, there's just been so many uh, hurdles for people to kind of uh, obstacle their way over and find excuses not to bring fitness into their daily life. Um, And in all honesty, it depends on where you live. I think we've figured out the way to um, help people find fitness in their daily regime, whether it's for five minutes or for an hour. Um, there's a way for you to be part of not just like your own fitness journey, but be part of a bigger community too. So you get to meet like-minded people you have, we figured out like the coaching. So I know I being in the gym for so many years, I just saw, I, I, I felt the pain of, of those coming in and not knowing what to do. Um, and not having a trainer, not wanting to join a class. Um, maybe the time didn't work out. Maybe a gym was too far away. Like I know talk to so many new moms and, and dads that just like, can't leave the house um, for like, you know, logistically to get a babysitter for you to like go right. to the gym for an hour. Like it's, it's pretty tough. So, um, I think we, we figured out a way to bring the, the spirit of group fitness and personal training into the, into your home. Um, yeah. and it just, you know, you said it yourself, like if you're going to stare at your bike every day or, right. or at your tread every day, you're going to use it. Yeah. And I mean, just the equipment, just the, the physical aspect of it is amazing. I mean, it is, is the best stuff. You know, I've got another bike and treadmill and stuff like that at home, but it, nothing compares to that. And then the nice screen and all this stuff, I could go on and on, but I think you know, <laughs> for people listening to this show, obviously, fitness is usually a priority for most people. And, uh, it's really become a a big priority of mine for the last year, but I've had to make it that way. And I will tell you that as a guy, I'm now 41 
who thankfully had good genes and have stayed skinny, but I have not been a normal workout person. Right. And right. so, you know, I'll do stuff here and there. I stay active with kids. I play basketball. I do those things. But for me, the Peloton, whether it's right here on the app or if it's yeah. on the bike or if it's on the treadmill, or I can go outside and listen to you guys and tell us what to do when we're running or if I'm walking the dog here, walk this way, yeah. you know, yeah. it takes so much of the emotion and the difficulty out of working out. Yeah, no, I mean, like having a friend there, especially like connecting with, there's so many different trainers um, and instructors on the app that everyone will find someone that they really, really connect with. Yeah. And, you know, we all have our favorites and I think it's, it's helpful to have that familiarity and that camaraderie between just the people that are on the app and you meet each other and then having that person in your ear giving you the motivation. Um, so even if you don't own a piece of hardware, we're right. just, I could also go on about that. I mean, gosh, I've taught on treadmills for so many years and the wear and tear that it can put on your body with, if you're not running on something that's like, like the Peloton, right? <laughs> your joints are just like getting beat over and over. But I mean, from the bike and it's so silent and smooth, um, and really comfortable and then the tread the slap belt it's like if you haven't run on one before i can't wait for your no, it's amazing. back the first time you do it yeah i mean it's like driving a ferrari i mean the the speed and incline knobs they roll so you don't have to there's no buttons that you're typing in anything it's not right. you know, kind of take the cumbersomeness of a regular treadmill out of it you don't um, have to almost kill yourself to raise your speed <laughs> Say that again. So you don't have to kill yourself to raise your speed. Yeah, no yeah. kidding. It's just right there for you, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. Well, tell yeah. us, Rebecca, why, you know what? Before we move off of that, everybody always asks us when you say something about Peloton, the question is always, oh, who's your favorite instructor, right? Yeah. I got to ask you, if you can't work out with yourself, Rebecca <laughs> on the Peloton app, who are you working out with? Oh, and my Maybe God. you can't say because oh. you don't want to make any of your friends mad, but. No, they'll, they'll, I mean, everyone has their favorites. And I think, um, just like you have your favorites too. I love everyone for a different reason. Absolutely. Um, but I'm a huge hip hop junkie. Um, so if I'm on the bike, I'm obsessed with Alex Toussaint's hip hop rides. Um, if I'm taking a yoga class, I absolutely adore um, Ross Rayburn. Yep. Um, I love running with Bex Gentry. Um, I Andy Spear, this is a fun fact, before he was an instructor with me on Peloton, Back in the day, he was my personal trainer. Oh, no way. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. <laughs> so I love, I love working out with Andy. Um, I mean, you said you meditate yourself. So um, yep. using the app, Aditi has like, I, I see her regularly. I'm like, is it weird that I, your voice is like the last thing I hear before I go to bed exactly. pretty much like every night? <laughs> right, right. I fall asleep to you every night, Aditi. Yeah. You don't know yep. it. <laughs> Well, that's awesome. So give us a little background, maybe if you can, what, what helped maybe from your upbringing or college, whatever it may be, yes. what, what's really kind of helped you become the woman you are today? Um, I, partly, I think it's just in my DNA of like, you know, I, I grew up in a, in a home that we were pretty active. My dad is very, very active. Um, but my mom, this is back. I'm going to date myself a little bit. There was a lot of um, aerobics on TV oh, yeah. that you could. <laughs> the high socks and everything. Okay. Yeah. So um, I saw my mom doing all those classes because she had four kids at home. So she would, she would pop in Gilad and 
do the, you know, step aerobics. And then I would mimic that. Um, I was put into gymnastics and dance at age three. Um, and I loved it because I started walking at 10 months. I was crawling and everything. I was wow. just, I couldn't be stopped. I love, love, love movement um, so much. And my mom was like, well, we need to put this energy into something. So she put me into sport. So I ended up, um, I don't really think the nutrition part of it and, and lifestyle part really, I don't think I understood what, what I was doing until I was actually in college. Yep. But growing up, um, I was in school all day and then I would be in dance and gymnastics until high school. And then I had to decide kind of which one I wanted to, you know, sports are very demanding on your time. Oh, yeah. Every coach wants you there full force. So I chose to, to really dive deep into gymnastics because I was excelling there. And I thought that it was a, a really, I love a challenge. I think it's just part of my, um, my spirit. And it was one of the most rewarding sports because every single day that you show up to, to practice, you had to figure out something new about yourself and figure a way to learn something and you get stronger physically, get stronger mentally, you know, sports, especially gymnastics, where there's like a constant level of fear playing. Um, you're, you're really working with a, um, uh, a mental, like a mental challenge there. So, um, yeah, I mean, being an athlete my whole life and then getting into college, I was going pre-law. Yeah. I loved, I believe in like fairness and equality. And I, I was uh, interning at a law office in high school for a couple of years and having seen, you know, lawyers in, in my face and what their lives were like on a daily basis. They just kept telling me, pulling me aside, like quietly and they'd say like, don't do this. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like this is your life. You're just going to be, yeah. don't follow this. Like you, you're a pretty happy person. Like you don't want to have just be like, reading all the time and I'm like well I love to read but um I'm glad that I had that dose of reality and and I missed moving my body and moving um for a living right when I got to school so I had to make that that change after my freshman year I decided that I was not gonna go into law that I would change my major and go into dance again um and and forge that river see what that held for me so it's uh it brought me to new york i got my bachelor's degree in dance i got picked up by um for an internship with alvin ailey and broadway dance center and that kind of kicked off like my fitness career in new york okay so i mean that really becomes a personal brand right i mean it's you're dancing and, and there's you know there's i don't want to say on every street corner but there's a lot of trainers and so to get to the level that you've gotten to um, you know, with, through, through Nike, through Peloton, through whatever it may be, uh, yeah. there's a lot of people out there, right? So what do you think it was about you that helped you in that journey, if you will, or that grind that helped sure. you get to where you're at today? So, well, Brett, I mean, it's, I feel like it's the timing thing because I started training in New York when there was, um, I'm not going to put it all on timing. I definitely. I'll, there's a couple of different things, but I started big box gyms and I was just mentor. Like I had a couple mentors that really helped put me into positions to succeed. Um, I heard, I caught wind um, after having got like a, a year or two deep into 
um, training at a gym. I, I reached out to another company and they introduced me to like organ, uh, corporate fitness. So I was working with people that were at desks all day and then we'd go into like a huge conference room and, and work yeah. out, you know, I'd lead classes there and I just got to see what people were needing. And I think that why me, a lot of trainers, what I see now versus that, um, or first, not then, but myself is that it, it's, I don't care about, I don't want to say, I don't care about me, but I really care deeply about, about my clients and about people in general. And yep. I want them to feel the love for movement and how it makes their body feel and how that changes their relationship with themselves and their confidence. And it leads into every area of their life. And so I know that that passion is inherent to me and I think it's a gift and I want to be able to share it with people, yeah. but timing, like the, the boom of the fitness industry and the boutique fitness industry, you had like, gosh, Barry's bootcamp was popping up. Soul cycle was popping up. Um, then it then came like, you know, all the different ones that, there's just too many to even name at this point right. now, right? But um, I got in in the first year when they started. And I just, I walked right in. I took one class and I was like, yep, this is what I want to do. I've been, I was, uh, <laughs> yeah. I used to YouTube Barry's bootcamp classes on the treadmill at the big box gym that I was teaching at um, just because I loved the, the um, group fitness aspect and I loved the, the intensity of it. So I walked up to the owner and I was like, hi, I'm Rebecca, and I, I want to work here. <laughs> so let's like, spend time on that right there because yeah. you said, you know, again, it's not about just timing. It yeah. takes courage to walk up to a person and say, hey, <laughs> I'm Rebecca. I want to work here. And, oh, by the way, I am going to work here. Uh, yeah. So talk to us about that. And before you do that, you know, the circuits of success, we talk about attitude. We talk about your belief system. We talk about taking action. And then ultimately that gets your results, right? Those are the circuits. Right. And so yeah. – that took a belief system in yourself, but it also took action to shake that hand. So tell me more about that. Yeah. Well, so my mom has this theory growing up. She was like, if anything makes you feel nervous or slightly uncomfortable, you have to go address it immediately. Like get mm. the nervousness out of the way. Um, and so I, I did just that. Like if I sit on anything, it'll just, it, I won't do it. Right. Um, so I have to make it happen like right away. Uh, I, I love my mom for like teaching me that, but it, you know, it kind of came from the, the confidence that I had in myself. It, it came from every single moment in my sport career to then, um, I, I, I'm going to, I think it's my parents really helped me instill a lot of confidence in my, in myself. Um, but I knew what I wanted also. So I think it, it, it's not hmm. just finding that confidence within you, but it's like knowing that you're meant to do this and that you're going to add value and know why it's not just because you desperately wanted to do it. It's because I knew that I could do what they were doing and I would add something different and unique to it and that they would be, grateful that I came to them. Yep. So I love so that. I, and I, I, what I hear in that is, uh, I hear passion, but I also hear and have a question about thinking. So somebody just asked me this the other day. They're like, did you know you'd be successful growing up? And I'm like, or did you know what you want to do when you, uh, when you were going to grow up? And I said, no, I had no idea. Like 
but I knew I wanted to be successful and I knew that I was going to give everything I could possibly give to be successful. And it wasn't, again, to your point, not for yourself. Of course, you want nice things and finer things in life. But, you know, my mission in life is to help people see a future greater than their past. And that's what I get up every day and I'm fired up to do this stuff or to do client meetings and, you know, run our wealth management company. Um, yeah. But I hear that like think time. Did you spend a lot of time thinking about that stuff? Yeah, I mean, gosh, I wanted to be a million things when I was growing up, right. but I could never see myself exactly. Like if you asked me even five years ago what I would be doing today, I don't know. So if you ask me where I'm going to be in another five years, right. no, I, no. I don't know. So talk about those. When you heard me say earlier about attitude and your belief system and your actions, when you hear the word attitude, what comes to mind? I always think positive attitude. I'm a, a eternal optimist, but um, I think honestly, like leading with a a positive attitude can can change the entire landscape of your day, of your life, of that moment. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think when I talk about it, is it's you choose to be a victor, not a victim, right? Because there's so many things, something's going to happen to you and I today. And we yeah. have a choice with our attitude to either how we're going to respond with it, either negatively or positively, right? So your point, right. positive attitude. But I think so many people, something happens and then it's like they want to go get in the fetal position for a week and, you know, cry about it. When yeah. I think my assumption would be somebody like you says, yeah, that's okay. That, that stinks. I don't want it to happen. That sucked really bad. But I'm going to go out and take action now and do something about it. Fair? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I couldn't agree more. I think I'm very solution-based yep. thinker. Um, so the mentality that I live with is um, tr trusting the process, but knowing that like you have the ability to ch kind of change anything. You have the ability to filter out um, what you're, what you're hearing, how things are quote unquote making you feel. You can choose whether or not to, right. um, to react in, in a multitude of ways, obviously. So I think if you're in charge of, of your emotions, you can really navigate into, not to say that like feeling bad for a moment is fine. Um, growing up, we always had this rule in my house. It's like, if you're upset about something, you're allowed to have one pity party and then you have to kind of keep going. <laughs> Um, I like that. And, and I appreciate that. It's like, okay, go be sad for a second. But right. then once you're done with that, wallowing in it doesn't change anything. And it doesn't, um, it doesn't make your, your, your life any better. Right. Um, but if you're solution-based and I think at Peloton, I, th I thrive here is because we're a solution-based company, especially when you're still like a startup and everyone is expected to be very like scrappy and the best at what they do. So when you're coming to the table and you're trying to think about like, what's next, how do we, how do we get from point A to point Z? Right. You're like, Whoa, this is like, I, you know, I tend to take on big massive projects and I don't get scared by them because I know I can do them. And I'm right. a, a gymnastics, like you'd get kicked out of practice if you said the word can't. And I don't, I don't, I'm not joking about that. You would literally right. be kicked out and you'd have to leave the gym if you said the word can't. So it changes the way you, your, like your, your genetic makeup, like after a while, it's like, I can do this. I just want to let you know, I'm afraid I need a spot. I need help. And it learns, it teaches you how to like delegate and inform yourself of like what, 
what kind of team and support do you need at this time when you're going right. through things? Um, and you, you don't have to go through everything alone either. So knowing like, yeah, positive attitude, what does that mean? It's not that somebody's just happy and has a smile on their face all the time. It's like positive that I'm going to be a winner. I'm not, I'm like, like you said, a victor. Um, I couldn't agree more, especially when you're whatever part of the team or of the family or of the partnership that you're in, it can be not just obviously in sports, but in every area of your life. That's right. When thoughts become your actions, right? And then your actions become your results or your reality. And I think that if we continually say to your point, like I I say to my kids, they'll be like, Oh, I can't get my seatbelt on. I'm like, yeah, (laughs) absolutely. You're right. If you think you can't, you can't, right? right. And, yeah. But if you think you can, there's another way. Uh, maybe yeah. you move the backpack and you get stuff and then you make it happen, right? So yep. uh, we're in the same line there. So how about your belief system? When you think about, you know, when it comes to your eating, your sleeping, your, your movement, uh, you know, your businesses, all the things that you do, what's your belief system that Rebecca Kennedy has to follow like every day? Consistency and balance. Um, my belief in there has to be a balance of everything. I'm not, I I can't live in the polar, um, you know, ends of, of anything, whether that be like the extremes of dieting, of, of sleep, of, um, exercise of anything too much of anything is not a good thing. Not enough of anything is not a good thing. Um, so, you know, I'll give you a little insight. When I was in New York at the beginning, I was also fitness modeling um, and the demand of being a dancer and a fitness model. And I was, you know, New York city is very expensive to live in. So I had another job on the side, right. a couple other jobs. And, and one of them I was bartending late at night. So I would bartend overnight. I'd show up to like the gym first thing in the morning when it opened, I would sleep for a couple hours. I'd go to castings, go, you know, to dance class, um, maybe an audition. And then I'd go back to work at night. And I was trying to stay really in shape. So I was, I was limiting my calories. I was maximizing my energy expenditure and I wasn't getting a lot of sleep. That is not a sustainable way of life in your early twenties. Maybe it's more, more sustainable. Uh, but now, and, uh, you know, especially feeling like I have, um, a greater opportunity to be a role model. And, um, I don't take it on as a responsibility. I just, I am what I am. And, it, um, so being able to showcase, okay, getting seven to eight hours a night, like, how does that make you feel? Right. Um, drinking, you know, three liters of water a day. How does that make you feel? If I'm depriving myself of sweets all the time or carbs or if you're doing the next diet always and you're constantly in deprivation like how does that mentally feel um so i i had to figure out what i needed personally and i think consistency when you find the things that work for you stick with them and knowing that the balance is then okay if i need to have one night where i'm not sleeping like the full seven eight hours that's okay it's not the end of the world, but it's not going to be my consistent. If I need to have that sweet, it's okay. It's not the end of the world. I want that because Good. it makes me feel great. So those two things, and it, and, it, and it works in every area of your life, especially if like I can tend to be a workaholic too. Like I know my mm-hmm. tendencies. Um, 
and I love what I do. So I'm like, no, 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 it's okay. I'll take on that extra work. I'll take on that extra project. I can do it. I can do it. Um, so the positive attitude also like can, can right. get in the way, but knowing your belief system, like you said, I, I am a firm believer in like, you need to, you need to get your basics, but you need to know what your basics are. Right. Amen to that. I think that's a, a crucial thing. I talk about focus 90. I have, you know, in the business world, what we talk about is when you walk in your office door, you, you need to have mapped out what your first 90 minutes are every day. And now yeah. does that mean, you know, 365 days a year you do it? No, of course not. You know, I don't do it on the weekends. Right. And I, but I do it probably four to five days during the week. And there's going to yeah. be, there's going to be a day where I miss it. But I know when I put my backpack down, I grab my big water I know exactly what I'm going to do. And I have found I'm controlling my day versus yeah. the day controlling me. Oh, I love that so much. Yeah, you're totally right. Yeah. So because I think we can come into the office, right? And you, you pull up your phone or your computer and all of a sudden these emails and voicemails and next thing yeah. you know, it's noon and you haven't accomplished anything productive. Yep. So we stop that, right? hundred percent. So talk to us about the uh, food intake. So you being who you are and uh, you're, I'll, I'll be the, the student here. You be the teacher and yeah. uh, talk to us about busy lives and how we can make all the excuses in the world to not eat healthy. Uh, right. Now, again, I know there's that cheat meal or there's those things, but talk to us about what we need to do and how we need to prepare to eat healthy. Yeah. So I'll, I'll start this off by saying I'm not a certified nutritionist. Um, uh, so I'm not going to ever give anyone this prescribed diet plan, but I'll give you a, a generalized um, suggestion that I typically teach my clients about and, and will I live by myself. Um, so first and foremost, I, I can't help stress enough, like how important having water is. And obviously like, you know, that your first 90 minutes, like you're getting it. I do my routine. First thing when I wake up in the morning, um, I'll have my water and then I'll have a juice of some sort. Like, and I don't talk, I'm not talking like orange uh, juice, right? Yeah, right now I'm having like a green juice, something yeah. that is going to be a little bit more, um, nutrient based and not, I'm, I'm I'm a very low sugar person. I just don't think it um, helps me sleep well. It, I, I have energy crashes and my schedule is all over the place in terms of like when I'm teaching, when I'm working out. So I need to have consistent energy. I don't want to have spikes in my energy. Mm -hmm. um, I, I love having a collagen coffee in the morning. It gives you a little protein. Um, if you're not a coffee drinker, you can put it into your smoothies. You can put it into so many other things. Okay. But having protein first thing in the morning is really, really helpful. Um, and then throughout the day, right. It's going to be one of those things where like I, a macro approach is always the best for me. And I think it works really well for most people because it doesn't say what you can eat. It shows, it teaches you like when you're figuring out, um, what an apple is versus a steak versus a bowl of cereal, you're, you're, you understand what you're putting into your body. Right. Um, and I think education is the best tool for helping people understand what they're trying to achieve here. So there's plenty, I work, I've worked with nutritionists I've worked with naturopaths and I love the naturopaths approach because she takes in, into consideration or the, he or she, whoever you're working with, um, will figure out the stresses in your life too. And like kind of what you need and give you a personalized, hmm. um, macro approach. And the reason I love this is because I can have, different foods every single day. That means if I'm traveling, 
Um, as long as it, if it fits my macros, I'm totally fine. So I can be in the airport. I can be, you know, in Kentucky, I can be in New York, I can be in Marrakesh, I can be anywhere, wherever you're going. I've never been to any right. of those places. I don't know why I mentioned <laughs> it. <but. laughs> oh my God, I wonder what the tie is to Kentucky, but okay. Now that- yeah, you know, I don't know. Right. But uh, <laughs> either way, the point is, is like, you can enjoy the foods of wherever you're at. Um, I also want to mention like how throughout the day, I think, making sure that you're getting enough protein, enough fiber, enough vegetables. Um, my rule of thumb for the way I'm eating is like, I want two thirds of my plate to be vegetables and then um, protein and, and the carbs come from the vegetables. You can also have, you know, sweet potato, some rice, um, some, you know, cauliflower crust pizza, like whatever it may be. Um, but I think it's really important to, to learn that carbs are actually necessary for your energy systems especially if you're working out if you're do if you're riding on the bike if you're running on the tread if you're lifting like you need that energy supply so in in the past they've been like demonized by the press the carbs are not your friends or the keto diet or intermittent fasting and like we're all looking for a fast solution um so i encourage everyone not to take the path most taken but to take the path that path least taken which is the slowest one. And no, you're not going to see the results overnight. And I have to say that you shouldn't see the results overnight because this is for the long game. So changing the way you think, um, there's never going to be a pill. If there was ever going to be a pill that changed it, it would have already existed. And, um, I'd be afraid of what it would do to my metabolism, to be honest. Um, but I think it's a, it's a fun game to learn. Um, how food can fuel you and how food can nourish you. I know we live in a society that's extremely built around, um, built over meals, right? So we love to have conversations and quality time built around meals. Um, So be the owner of that and and create meals that are are delicious and and start to um, cook more. I think if people cooked more, and ordered out less or went out less that it would be a far different um relationship that you yeah. have with food uh but there's plenty of apps out there too that when you start putting the food in there that'll show you what you're eating and not to make like get you all caught up in the um mental side of things like how many calories am i eating but it, just to educate you from a very baseline standpoint and then you can kind of go from there yeah I think that's good feedback. And I think too, you know, like for myself is, you know, you work during the day, I got four kids, I'm going to soccer games and basketball games and baseball games. And it's like last night's a perfect example. We're 45 minutes from home. It's going to be late. They got to get home and get shower and get to bed. And I know all the parents are like, they're saying, yep, that's exactly what I did last night. Right. And so you find yourself going through a Chick-fil-A or a Burger King and it's like, you know, it's like, gosh, I'm so tired of doing that. But yeah. You know, so I don't know what the answer is, but I guess it's preparation and a process to have it maybe a cooler pack before we go. And I was just going to say, yeah. It's not I as know, fun, I Rebecca. That the other day. I was like, what did we do when, because I'm like having a hard time remembering. And she's like, sometimes you would just go home and after gymnastics practice and go to bed. And I was like, so I didn't eat. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I just went to bed hungry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you have a good I breakfast. Just, no, I know. Like, this is kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, gosh, having like logistics make, make eating really tough. Um, so I think 
you just said you have your first 90 minutes of the day planned out every single day. Yeah. What happens if you just looked at the calendar? I, this is what I do on every Sunday. I map out and I use different color pens for everything. Um, mm. so that I know when my workouts are and I know, okay, well I'm going to need to eat that day. So either a, I'm going to order something before. So it's like ready to go after. And I know it's clean and I know where to get things from. Right. So knowing what's in proximity to where you're at. Um, or I'll just start to cook a ton of things on, on Sunday and then have it ready to, for me to go. So either I can take it with me and just like put it in a Tupperware to eat like right after, or, um, I have a holdover so I can have like a bar with me, which is like not super ideal or a smoothie right. or something like that, but get something into your system, like right, right away. Um, having, I, I'm a snack person. Like if you ever travel with me, I have a bag full of snacks, um, <laughs> I know what you can take on TSA, like, you know, you know uh, but I think it's important. Like you can, you can, uh, nothing is worse. You can probably relate to this. Like you ever been so hungry that you're just like, I don't care what I eat. I just need to eat right now. Absolutely. My wife says I get hangry all the time. You know, <laughs> it's a true, it's an emotion. Exactly. Anger is an actual emotion. <laughs> well, I think that the choice is, so you see, I got my red shirt on and you see the Cardinal hat in the background. I'm in St. Yeah. Louis, right? So huge Cardinal fan. So here, here's my dilemma. So I'm going to go to the Cardinal game today. It's a 12, 15 start. Yeah. I'm going to go with some buddies and we're going to go have some fun and we're going to go to a restaurant. It's like, you know, basically ballpark village at the, at the, at the game. We're yeah. going to watch the Cardinals bring home a win, but I'm probably going to partake in like, you know, wings and a hot dog and maybe a couple beers As but what you're telling me is it's okay yeah. right because it's, it's the balance the integration part you're talking about 100%. so rebecca kennedy would do the same thing if you were going to the cardinal game with us today you'd have a couple beers and a hot dog um i'd have a burger <laughs> all right that makes me feel better <laughs> well, we ordered one yeah. of those plant burgers or whatever the heck it's called from burger king last night to try to be somewhat healthier and i'm like yeah. it actually tasted somewhat normal Oh yeah, no, they, they do taste like burgers. It's very bizarre. Yeah, it is kind of weird, but all right, uh, enough of that. So talk to me about fears. How much uh, has fear played uh, a role in your life? And the second question that I always ask is how many of the fears you put in your mind actually blew up to the magnitude you put them in your mind to be? Yeah, I mean, you know, the monster that exists is like whatever you believe it to be, right? It can... It can, it can grow bigger and bigger, but gosh, there was a, there was a moment in time. I think I have a level of fearness, fearlessness in me that evacuated my body at one moment. And I remember this pivotal moment in gymnastics where, um, up until that point, nothing shook me. I was like, I, I would jump off anything. I'd flip anywhere. Um, I loved it. But I remember this one teammate of mine said, you know, like you could get really hurt if you, if you just bailed out of a backflip, if you landed on your neck or like you could break things, yeah. you could break your neck. I was like, I, I think it was seven at the time. I was like, oh my God, you're right. I was a ton of that. Well, I'm not doing that anymore, you know? And, uh, unfortunately in gymnastics, like you can't not flip backwards it's part of every apparatus and it only things you learn one flip then you learn two flips if you learn one twist then you learn two twists you know what i mean mm. so it's like you have to learn the baseline but it's always going to be there so right. for me once i had that fear in the back of my head every single practice that i showed up to 
I had to face that fear. And that I'm not talking once a week. It's four to five times a week, three to four hours every practice. And it is emotionally taxing. So you, I had to find a way to right. kind of get through it. Um, I'm going to tell you a really quick story that the way I got over it, um, because it was pretty cool. And, um, my mom is a very creative lady. And I, I hope that I'm, I'm as, as creative as her when I have kids down the road, but she would be, she'd be the one bring me just like you bring your kids to, to practice. She'd yep. bring me to every single practice, sit there, wait for me and then drive me home. Um, and seeing your kids, like if they have ever have a roadblock, like a mental roadblock of just a fear, you're just like, I wish I could help you, but you can't do it for them. So she got me these books on tape to listen to on the way to practice. I've listened to them That's like cool. before I go to bed, that didn't work. She took me to um, a hypnotherapist. I went and talked to like multiple people. Um, I'd go to extra practices just to have that one-on-one -on -one time with my coach and not a lot of people around me. Um, nothing seemed to be working. So she went to, she was a visiting nurse and, and so driving around in other towns made sense. So she said she stopped by this gym and talked to the coach about my fear and she brought back this like vial of, um, of tablets. And she was like, basically what you do, and we're gonna do it when we go to the next practice, is before you go to do your next backflip, like we're gonna go into the bathroom, put the tablet on your tongue, stare at yourself in the mirror, and you can't chew it, you have to let it dissolve, but while it's dissolving in your mouth, you just have to repeat the words, I can do it, I can do it, and you have to visualize yourself doing whatever yeah. it is that scares you. So I had visualization technique. I was like repeating this positive mantra over and over in my head until this thing, which took like five minutes to dissolve. And then I'd go right downstairs and immediately do it. And all of a sudden I had no fear anymore. I could do wow. it. So I did that for years, Brett, I'm not going to lie. We had a lot of like those moments in the bathroom. I'm sure my coach was <laughs> like, what is this? The heck is she doing? <laughs> yeah. But, um, at one competition a few years later, um, I asked my mom for one of them. So I was like, I'm having a little nervousness right now. And she was like, oh, okay, well, hold, you, you know, I have to get a, a, a new vial out of my bag. So just hold on for a second. Just, just close your eyes. And I obviously was like, why do I need to close mm. my eyes? I saw her peeling a label off of them and I grabbed it and it was vitamin C tablets. <laughs> so I was going to like, ask. You're a liar. <laughs> I was so It's devastated. called placebo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was like uh, that moment and I knew I just went in and did my competition. I did really well. Um, I knew how much of it was in my head. And, and so now, like for example, I'm afraid of heights and I always have been. Um, but I do everything in my power to, to challenge them. And I think if when you, when you, when you put into, you try to justify your fear, you laugh a little bit because it doesn't make sense. Um, and I think that helps me. I don't just chalk it up to, well, that's who I am. I'm like, no, that doesn't have to control my life. I'm a, I hated the fact that I was afraid to do certain things and it limited me on the amount of fun that I could have. <laughs> so rock climbing, um, you know, walking on high bridges, rope, like rope courses, anything that's going to challenge my fear I, of heights, I do it all the that's time. That's awesome. Yeah. I like it. 
Um, talk to us about maybe a moment on uh, what took you to your knees. You thought, man, this is – and maybe you haven't had one. And But is there any big challenging moments that you've had that you had to overcome that, and how did you overcome it? Yeah. Um, well, I think the <laughs> the first one I remember is, like, um, moving to New York City and – not knowing anybody here and and just going from college where you had life was like kind of taken care of for you. Um, and then being in a big city where like no one cares about you, no one knows your name, like you can just exist here. Um, so that was scary for me, but then I was barely making ends meet. I didn't, there was one month, it was the first month that I was here. Um, that I didn't have enough money to pay both my rent and MetroCard, but I was living in Brooklyn. So I had to have a MetroCard mm-hmm. and I didn't have, I couldn't have money left over to pay my phone bill. So I had to live for a month without access to my cell phone. And my parents mm-hmm. didn't love that. <laughs> I was too <laughs> proud and to even ask for help. Um, but that was a scary, that was a really scary month. Like I didn't know if I was going to be able to make it. I didn't know if I made the wrong decision to move here. If I was always like going to be living in this, um, you know, scarcity mindset. Um, but I had to really rely on myself. And I feel like the rock bottom moments are what really changes a person and sees what you're made out of. Um, that's where you kind of, have to rely on your positive attitude and your belief system and like creating this there's no in my mind I'm not gonna lose I'm relentless in that way and I figure out a a way to to make it happen so um I ended up getting another job and like uh you know picking up a little extra work which is not something I had really the time or desire to do but like you do what you have to do and um, obviously I got it turned back on and it was fine. So it doesn't seem like a big thing, but like the, the amount of fear that I had in myself, like I was here alone and I had no way to get in contact and like, it just felt very overwhelming and lonely, but I'll circle back to like a couple of years ago. I tore both of my hamstrings, mm. um, while I was a trainer and my entire livelihood is built on being able right. to move. You don't show up for work. You don't get paid. You don't train client. You don't get paid. Um, I was supposed to be running a triathlon in four months. I was supposed to be leading my first retreat in four months and one week. I had a lot going on. I just started my own business. Um, it was, it was mentally like debilitating. And I remember being like, so down on myself. It was also like, I had just gone through a breakup. I tore both my hamstrings. It was just like not things in life were just like, it felt like every wall was crumbling around. Um, and don't you think that made you stronger though? I mean, like when you really think about it and whether you write a book or not, I always say whether I write a book or not, but this is a chapter of my book. A hundred percent. Yeah. Those are the moments that you're like, what did I do back then that, cause I didn't sit in the shower and cry every day. Um, I was like, this is a game plan. I'm going to go do this. Uh, I'm, I meet with my physical therapist. What do you need me to do? I am, you give me homework. I'm going to do it. I, I was like adamant about my recovery. I did what I can. So my also belief system is do what you can with what you have right now. Um, so it starts with like, 
okay, what are you working with today? It's going to be different than what you're working with in a month, but like start with, start with today, work with the body that you have, work with the um, means that you have. Um, and eventually like, you know, I think about the greats. I always listen to, um, if you haven't already, like the, the podcast, um, the circuit of success, the circuit of success, you have to listen <laughs> to it. Uh, because there's just, listen, the, whether it's like Steve jobs or Bill Gates yeah. or, um, John Foley or whoever it is, like everyone's success story is just teaching you that it has to start with nothing or an idea or, um, maybe their rock bottom that got them yep. to where they are now, but it all starts somewhere. And I'm like, maybe this moment is the moment where I'm going to not just get back to where I was, but I'm going to, I always end up springing so far forward. So I kind of look forward. This is weird to say, but I look forward to those moments because right. I've just, I've risen so far above where I was even before I get injured or before that rock bottom. Um, that is just like kind of, it gives you this exciting opportunity to see what you're made out of again. So now we're going to have some fun here. I take, I steal your cell phone right now. What's the one app you hope I don't delete from your phone besides email. <laughs> it's not that fun. What is that? I said, besides like you can't say like my email or something like that. Oh, yeah. That's not very fun. Or you can steal that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He can have email. <laughs> um, I think I would say Instagram um, only because I really like connecting with everyone. I think it's a great way um, yeah. just to be able to share fun experiences and, and, you know, honestly, like I communicate with so many of, of my friends, family members, um, friends from the past members on Peloton. Like you just have an opportunity to meet right. a lot of cool people. I've met so many people on Instagram, which is that's how we're here at the same time yeah i know that's how we're here that's how we're right. here today uh favorite book you're a reader i see some books behind you there if you're yes, watching sir. i've read all book? of them <laughs> They're nice. um my favorite book of all time would definitely be don miguel ruiz uh the four agreements huh. that changed my life um about 10, 11 years ago when i read it um the four agreements are um always do your best be impeccable with your word um, don't take anything personally. And the fourth one is escaping me at the moment, but I'll come back to you. Um, but the, the, the way the philosophies behind each one of them, um, help you take a moment where you're going through a hard time and, um, and understand it. It puts everything through a filter and, and allows you to see it through a different lens where like, say for example, you know, they're, they're doing layoffs or, at your work or you didn't get chosen to be put head on a project or whatever it is, or you get, you know, broken up with, or you, right. you know, whatever the, the situation is, that feels negative is don't take anything personally. No, nothing anyone ever does is because of you. It's because of them. And knowing that that is so true and you can really understand that um, it's, they're very difficult to live by, but when you do, you end up having this deeper appreciation and the level of happiness, um, deeper appreciation for, for yourself and life and also just a level of happiness that, that you might not have attained prior to that. So it's good. I'll have to check that yeah. book out. Sounds good. I've never asked this before, but I'm going to have you do it because I can tell family is really important to you. If your mom and dad 
Yeah. I think they'll probably listen to this, but if they're going to listen <laughs> to this, what's one message you'd like to tell mom and dad right now? Um, that I appreciate their support. Um, I think there's a, my mom and dad bent over backwards for me to, to do the things that I did. Um, and I know there's probably a lot of parents out there that if your child was going into law, you'd be really proud of them. And if they decided that they wanted to go major in dance instead <laughs> that, uh, you're do what again? <laughs> yeah. You're like, maybe not. Um, and try to coerce them into doing something else. But there was nothing that I could have said to my parents that they wouldn't have been like, okay, well, that's it. That's what you're going to do. And I support you. Like what, what can we do to help you? Like when I moved to New York, they moved me here. Like when I had my first show, they were there. Um, so I, I appreciate their support. I think that's one thing is like in, in, in life, um, connection is what people are really looking for and having support from people. Um, you just want to be seen. You want to be heard. You want to be felt like you're important. You feel support is all of that. Um, so I can't thank them enough for that. And I also appreciate them um, pushing me. I like it. Is your mom crying right now hearing that? <laughs> She's a crier, so she probably is. She My dad probably knows. is. <laughs> Dad's not He's crying, like, mom's crying. <laughs> right. That's funny. Yeah. Well, Rebecca, it's been awesome having you. Where can our listeners find more of you? Obviously, you talked about uh, Instagram, but talk to us about your Instagram handles, your you know websites, anything else like that. Where can we find yeah. you? Yeah. Um, you guys can find me um, on Instagram. I'm at RK Solid NYC. It's RK S O L I D NYC. Um, I'm also on Facebook. I know a lot of you guys are on there. So I, you can jump on my Rebecca Kennedy Peloton page. I'm very active on that. All right. <laughs> um, if you can go to my website, it's RebeccaKennedyFitness.com. Awesome. Rebecca, it's been awesome having you. And I so uh, really look forward to uh, everybody getting to hear this. You've been awesome, yeah. Jason. We appreciate your time. Thanks for having me, Brett. It was great. Tune in next week for another episode of The Circuit of Success with Brett Gilliland on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and through our website, circuitofsuccess.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and email any questions to info at circuitofsuccess.com. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.